Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Well, this evening, you know, our show is going to be a little bit different in that we are going to be focusing on the intellectual disability awareness um, programs that are running, particularly for the month of March. Um, and with me in the studio, I have Chanel Albertain, who is the PR and communications manager of the institution Cape Mental Health. Good evening and welcome to the program. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased that you could come out here on a Sunday evening and really we're grateful for that. We take our, you know, guests away from their families at a very special time. It's the unwinding time on a Sunday evening. But um, Chanel, I'd like to ask you, we we kind of placing our discussion within the the um, the bag or the box of Cape Mental Health, the institution. Perhaps just to tell us a little bit about Cape Mental Health. What's the the institution all about? Okay, well, Cape Mental Health is an NGO, and we've been around for a really long time, 102 years old. So we're quite an established NGO, and we render services for people with intellectual disability as well as people with psychiatric disabilities and just um, offer services to people who might be going through a very difficult time in their life, whether it's stress, depression. Um, and yeah, um, some of our projects, we've got daycare centers for children with intellectual disabilities. We also have <clears throat> PSR groups, which are psychosocial rehabilitation groups for adults with psychiatric disabilities. What those groups are, are basically we equip um, the people with with life skills and there is there is counseling and there's interaction with with their peers is also you know uh, monitoring whether they're taking the medication and just basically giving them support in the in the community um, okay. we also run a lot of awareness campaigns um, as you've mentioned March um, being intellectual disability awareness month I find it very interesting that still Cape Mental Health is not as well known mm. as one would have liked it to be, don't mm. you think? Yes, most definitely. That's where my job comes in. <laughs> yeah, there are so many people who will, you know, when I when I work with and, and I'm in the field of working with um, people with psychiatric and intellectual, um, you know, psychiatric disorders and intellectual um, disabilities, very, very often I'm confronted with a situation where I feel it is so helpful to point the person in the direction of Cape mental health and mm. and no one in their treatment um you know kind of domain would have thought along those lines so i find that you know cape mental health i think is a neglected institution as an institution where people can actually find help or mm. be guided and pointed in the mm. right direction mm. because i'm sure you have a stunning base of information mm -hmm. we definitely do yeah. yeah yeah i know i've seen some of those documents and stuff of yours so perhaps to look at now this month is Intellectual Disability Awareness Month. Perhaps a little bit of explanation around that particular awareness in mm. this month or the mm. month of March? Mm. Um, maybe I can give a, a definition for the learners. Uh, for the, sorry, not for the learners, for the listeners out there. Um, so they know what I'm talking about when I talk about intellectual disability. Um, intellectual disability is a group of developmental um, conditions 
and they are characterized by impairments in cognitive functions. So the individual will have limitations with learning um, their adaptive behavior and skills. Um, well, what we're going to focus on this month is um, post-school qualifications for, for learners with um, intellectual disability. Yeah, and it's, you know, before we get there, perhaps to, to go back to intellectual uh, disability and explaining it, I just wanted to ask you, so the project that you are running, the awareness programs that you're running, will it be focusing on all levels of intellectual disability or will it be targeting perhaps just a specific level? Mm. Um, no, we are targeting a specific level with post-school qualifications that would be um, learners with moderate um, functioning okay. who do attend um, Alston schools, which are um, special schools for for people with intellectual disability. Okay, so that is your particular um, target. Area, target. Yeah. Okay, so it would be people with um, barriers to learning and albeit different types of barriers to learning. So it could be a physical barrier, it could be a cognitive barrier mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, because sometimes... This is also interesting when you're looking at barriers to learning. You sometimes have a child who might have a physical barrier to learning, but then intellectually and cognitively they are completely in your normal ranges of intellectual functioning. And will those children also be part of the focus? Um, no, that that would be then um, a physical disability. Mm -hmm. And we really aiming on um, or aiming to uh, raise awareness uh, around learners with uh, medium to high functioning um, intellectual disability. So that would be, you know, having a, um, a problem with cognitive functioning. Okay, okay. But, and you know what, I think it's so great that we're having this discussion because the, the important fact that comes through in terms of that would also be the awareness for parents and carers to know that if mm -hmm. my child has a physical disability, it doesn't mean that this child can be the best they can be. They can go and study and they can go to university. They can go and, and be as any other um, intellectual, intellectually abled person would be able to, to go. Because I think sometimes, and we said it um, before we went on the air, often we put barriers mm. to these learners, mm. don't we? Most definitely we do. Mm. Yeah. With, with your work, and perhaps we must just speak a little bit about your work and how you fit into this whole process. Okay, well, as being the PR and communications manager, um, I will basically facilitate the awareness campaign and like I'm doing now, going on radio, um, just getting the word out there. Um, also writing articles um, for newspapers and, and just generally um, raising awareness where I can about um, what we're doing this month. Okay, that's really great. Do you find that there is just such a low awareness of mm. intellectual disability? Mm. Most definitely. I mean, intellectual disability like um, mental health is very stigmatized, um, especially in the rural communities. You'll often find that, um, you know, people with intellectual disability are, are locked away 
um, not given the same rights as, as normal people because of the, the stigma around it. So. Yeah, it's really quite sad. And, you know, one, when one is in an urban area, one almost forgets how it impacts people in your rural mm-hmm. areas as well or mm-hmm. people who are not as privileged um, and they have to make do with what they have. We have to take commercial news when we come back. We will continue with our discussion. I'm speaking with Chanel Albertain, who is the PR and communications manager of Cape Mental Health. Stay with us. From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Chanel Albertain, who is the PR and communications manager of the institution Cape Mental Health. We're talking about opportunities that are being given or looked at being given to people post-matric. Um, you know, and, and that is long overdue. My goodness, I'm so excited about this discussion. Chanel, I want to ask you, um, your under the banner of Cape Mental Health, you now have these um, different workshops and mm. different programs and projects that you are extending to people. So this project in terms of education, is it new? Um, yes, it's, it's still in the beginning um, stages. Okay. And is that the one that is referred to as your training workshop unlimited? Is that what we're referring to? No, no, no. The, um, this is separate. Um, just to, maybe I should go a little bit more into it. Okay. Um, well, this month we're raising awareness around the equal rights of, of people with intellectual disability to lifelong learning and education and employment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learners with intellectual disability, they they face a number of challenges when they try and access post-school qualifications. What normally happens is um, learners attend these um, special schools and um, they find it very difficult um, to access that accredited post-school training because of the lack of academic qualification that they get when they actually exit the, the school system. So they're unable to benefit from TVET and FET colleges um, which require NQF Level 1 which they do not have, obviously. Um, so what Cape Mental Health is doing is um, we're bridging this gap and putting together um, 
a basic post-school qualifications um, that will provide learners with um, training at the appropriate NQF level mm-hmm. so that they are able to then attend those FET colleges and, and yeah, have a future. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. So has it been, is it finished in terms of its design of this model and is it about to be able to be um, used and, and extended to students? Um, no, basically we still, like I said, we're still in the early stages. So we have put together basically a, a structure mm-hmm. and um, next month we're going to be um, having a, a meeting with all of our stakeholders, which include um, the Western Cape Department of Education and False Bay College and, and UCT. And we're just basically going to explore, okay, what are the next steps? How do we put this in into action? But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely in its early developmental stages, but um, we have all the relevant stakeholders. Um, Is there much excitement about it? A lot of excitement. I can imagine. And have you had any interaction with um, parents of some of these persons with intellectual disability? That's uh, part of our campaign, what we're going to be doing. We're going to go out into those schools, into the community as well, and raise awareness and, you know, let people know, and especially the parents know that they yeah. that their children have a right to education. Absolutely. Often, often they're not empowered and they don't know yeah. their rights, so yeah. they don't necessarily, you know, think about the future um, with right. regards to their, their children. Right. And I think, you know, parents often sit and, and would be very ready to almost be given permission to dream Mm. about permission Mm. to have you know a goal in terms of their children with intellectual disability to know that oh my word there's an opportunity now Mm. it doesn't end at Mm. the time when they exit school Mm. and do you are you going to be targeting particular schools or will it be those else in schools Mm. across the board um that and of those children will be able to apply to be a part of your program? Is that what you guys are thinking of doing? Well, right now, because it's in the early stages, we just basically want to get everybody excited about it. Um, I know that there is something out there for them um, when they do exit the, the school system. School. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be like a bridging course. Mm. Okay. And um, well, okay, I know that it is still at its baby stages, but I was just wondering whether it is going to be offered at an institution or will it be, for example, if you if you take False Bay College, mm. will it be a program that is offered at specific mm. colleges mm. that, you know, when they're coming into the college <clears throat> almost at entrance level that that mm. would be the process and uh, yes um, it's definitely important because um, these learners they need to feel how it feels to go to a college yeah. to you know interact what is college life about um, right it's really important we don't want to we don't want to take them away and, and have sort of like a special place that they go and um, do their course or whatever we really want to integrate them into the community into the into the colleges Mm-hmm. Well, that's really great. And at what stage are you in terms of your curricula, you know, the content of these courses? And I, and I would imagine is, you know, you're talking about a basic um, post-school mm. qualification, mm. but is it going to have um, elements that will that will be different depending mm. on which area of study the, uh, mm. the, the, the learner, the student mm. want to go into? Well, 
Okay. Um, basically, it's going to be structured as a three-year qualification. The okay. first year is going to be an introduction to the world of work. It's basically generic work skills. And the second year focus is going to be exposure to different career options and, you know, what are the related skills that they, they would require. Mm-hmm. And the third year focus is going to be very career-specific, orientated, and basically pre- preparation um, relating to exit opportunities. And um, all the course modules, uh, it will include practical work skills, um, individual career development and guidance, um, life skills, health and safety, understanding work and employment, and as well as fundamentals um, such as numeracy and literacy and communication. Often you'll find that um, learners with intellectual disability um, struggle with um, literacy and numeracy. Yes. Um, and I mean, these are often fundamental units in, um, you know, basic basic qualifications at these FET colleges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite mastering all the practical skills, you know, maybe they enroll in, let's say, a dressmaking course, and they're very good at the dressmaking. And however, they struggle with the numeracy and literacy, and that stops them and limits them from, from getting the qualification. And that um, actually puts them at a really really huge disservice to them because you know they've got the practical skills but unfortunately not the numeracy and literacy right and and one can understand that i think people adapt and it's amazing to see how people adapt when you're looking at learners or even adults who are already in business um, and they can't really read or write and they have a business and you see how they manage it and how they write and get their details down one can only be amazed and i'm thinking of and I don't, I, I cannot remember his name now, but the guy who founded uh, Clicks was someone who had um, a barrier to learning. And and here we have, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm mentioning a store's name, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is it's it. what it shows is the amazing ability that people with disabilities, you know, or barriers to learning have and but that we limit them Mm -hmm. and often carers limit them so i'm quite excited to get a sense of how parents will be responding but how these young kids will also be responding if they now know Mm -hmm. that my goodness i can also go and study further Mm -hmm. you know the dreams of studying further i think we need to take commercial news at this stage and then when we come back we will continue with our discussion stay with us live from cape town this is the voice of the cape the voice of the cape Voice of the cake.
Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Chanel Albertain, who is the PR and communications manager of the Cape Mental Health. I'm excited. Now, we know that March is Intellectual Disability Awareness Month. And so it is in this month, we would want to create as much awareness around the life and the aspects of persons with intellectual disability or people with barriers to learning and 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 so much more. But this evening, we wanted to focus on the post-schools qualifications that that is being developed, that is being offered, that is being put together by the Cape Mental Health. And it's just exciting. So I just would, and I, I know logistically, there are lots of things that now needs to be put into place. For example, will there be an assessment process and a screening process? Um, and, and, um, being getting in touch with parents and learners and schools for that matter i can just imagine all the excitement and the buzz that's going to be around this project hmm? there's lots of excitement and buzz yeah. yeah i oh my goodness gracious because it's like a new world that is opening up to people and who who deserves it mm. Hmm? Most definitely. I, you know, too often we would have sat, I mean, I worked with people and I work with people with intellectual disability or barriers to learning. And you, and you know, there's, there's just such a need to want to acknowledge mm. that they are normal mm. people like you and I. Yeah. And I mean, they as well, like myself and you want to contribute to society, you know, yes. have a, have a sense of purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And be the best they can mm. be. Oh, man. So I'd, you know, also the excitement around the training workshop unlimited um, project, which we will refer to as TWU. Tell us about that. <clears throat> okay. Well, this project, um, we attempt to address this gap of, you know, the very limited uh, opportunities for adults with intellectual disabilities with this um, project. And it's a project that um, offers skills development and employment for adults with intellectual disability. Um, these adults are 18 years and older and they receive vocational training and um, career skills development as well as job coaching and open labor market placement and support. There's uh, over 500 adults and um, yeah, they receive um, training in our four workshops across um, Cape Town. Yeah. And how does one register for this? Let's assume, you know, there is a young lady or young man at home. They finish their school and mm. they're not aware of this. Mm. You know, who do they contact if they wanted to be a part of or if they want to have an opportunity even for employment? Oh, they can definitely contact us directly. And mm -hmm. if I can give the number, yeah. it's it's double four seven nine zero four zero, or alternative, alternatively, they can email us on info at cmh.org.za. Okay, I'm going to um, repeat that after we've done our discussion, just to share the information with our listeners. But perhaps to come back to your your workshops that you have, so. Are they, do they have specific focus in these mm. workshops? Like a workshop could be focusing on 
packaging and mm. another mm. was different skills focus on different skills how mm. does it work um well there's a lot of uh, areas to this workshop but mm-hmm. we've i'll just mention some programs we've got we've got a life skills program yeah and that's a structured day program and it includes training in self-care basic work skills leisure time um we have a work skills program and that offers pre-vocational training um, and as i've said life skills training um, community survival and production training to higher functioning um, Mm -hmm. trainees and um, we do have um, contract work like we'll have companies who will give us a a project um, and our trainees will whether it's packaging you know there's there's different um, jobs all the time as we get different businesses giving us um, things that they need to be done. Um, so is part of your portfolio to actually go and um, help corporate organizations to become a part of mm. and and share, mm. you know, the the thoughts that mm. Cape Mental Health mm. has and partner with, with you? Yes, we're always looking for, for corporates to come on board and um, you know, it's also it's it's very good for their um, corporate social responsibility and obviously right. um, gives our trainees exposure to, to different sorts of um, work as well. So it's beneficial to, you know, both the company and um, Cape Mental Health. Yeah, and ultimately also to those people who have yeah. barriers to learning or, yeah. And so just perhaps to touch a little bit on the life skills programming programs that you offer, what would that include? Do you have, you know, would it be, for example, and I'm, I'm thinking of, Often people with barriers to learning or with intellectual disability will have a sense of self-consciousness, for mm. example, and mm. and social interaction with others. Mm. I would imagine it would also include those types mm. of guidance and training mm. in the program. Yeah, especially in the, um, let's say, the work environment. Mm-hmm. It would, um, you know, basic with work ethic yeah. and etiquette at work. Um, it's also putting together a CV um, we've also got job coaching, um, you know, just basically preparing people for, for the work environment, you know, what, as we all need preparation, you know, before interview, what, yeah. you know, what questions are going to be asked, how do you answer the questions, we basically just um, yeah, coach them through that. That's really great, you know, and and I know that your work is almost on a structural level instead mm. of interacting with people on a ground level. Mm. But do you have any feedback? Do you have any positive or, or successful stories and 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 how that would feel? That's what I'm I'm actually looking at. You know, have you had that experience and what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. We've got a, a really nice story that um, we've been putting in our um, press releases, but we've got this um, man called Gabriel, mm-hmm. and he was one of the 50 trainees that took part in one of our learnerships. It was on hygiene and cleaning. Um, it it was in partnership with CIA Skills Development, and um, yeah, <clears throat> with the assistance of a job coach, mm-hmm. um, Gabriel was able to achieve. Um, 120 credits through his um, hygiene and cleaning learnership and now he's he's working for a company that's been subcontracted uh, by the city of Cape Town um, to clean out river channels in the in the Lotus area and um, Gabrielle's been assigned a, a, a supervisor who you know gave gave us really 
<clears throat> sorry, yeah, gave us really good feedback. She said, um, you know, he's at work every day. He's got a really positive spirit, and it's so refreshing for the other staff. And he's he's always helpful and really enjoys his work. So that's really a success story for us that someone came in, did a learnership, and was able to be gainfully employed. I think it is great because you know the the idea. I'm sure behind all of this is to have people um, contribute to society in a mm. meaningful way mm. and to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's what all of us would want to be, isn't it? To be the best we can be. I have to share a story that I also thought is so encouraging. Um, I went on um, home-based caring or home-based carer course Mm -hmm. and I went and we were busy with level three so it's level one two three and and here I am in level three already and um, I had a lady in my class and she couldn't read or write and the trainer took her through and it was oral exams Mm -hmm. etc and she scored I you know in the region of about 92 percent I thought it was stunning because it shows us that we cannot allow that barriers to learning must hinder the process of Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and what they're able to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is successfully, you know, um, working in the community with her home-based carer skills and she cannot read or write, Mm -hmm. you know, and she loves what she does, what she's doing and she's passionate about what she's doing. So that was for me a stunning story to have to share. before we we um, go, I just would want to ask, is there any particular criteria? You, you spoke about 18 years and older in terms of um, if you wanted to be uh, or apply for to be a part of the TWU um, mm. project. Mm-hmm. Is there a cutoff age, for example, as well? You know, when you have people with barriers to learning, you sometimes have someone who's older in age, mm. but kind of on a on a a younger um, um, intellectual level. Mm. Do you accommodate for those uh, people as well? Um, Yes, most definitely. And we also have um, another program called the Eagles Program. And that is uh, care and stimulation for for people who need higher levels of care. So now we're talking about severe um, intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are programs in place. We don't necessarily, you know, because someone has a a severe intellectual disability, we don't turn them away. They still need, you know, care and and, and stimulation. And so they're able to be a part of a program. and, Mm. and, And are these programs... Do they include day programs mm-hmm. where people can attend? People mm-hmm. can, you know, their carer can drop them off. Yes. They go to yeah. their project and they get picked up as mm-hmm. if they're going to work, work on a daily basis. Yes, and we, we really push for that. Um, it's important for them to, you know, um, get to their get to their work, get to their program. Um, we've got another program called the Wales Program and that provides part-time um, respite care. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who can't attend the full day um, yes. programs at the workshop. So they'll either come for a couple of hours or um, once a day, I mean once every two weeks. or yeah. That's actually very, very nice yeah. because sometimes you have someone who would just like to be out and do something but perhaps once a week mm-hmm. or once every second week. And who does one contact in regard to all these pr- the different projects? 
Um, in Cape Mental Health, it's definitely the same number. I'll yeah. give it again. It's double four seven nine zero four zero, and the email address is info at cmh.org.za. Okay. Well, perhaps, um, Chanel, we're at the end of our discussion, and again, I will reiterate the information and uh, you know to contact Cape Mental Health. Is, is there anything else from your side that I think we need to speak about? I think there is the um, the open day that's happening on the mm. 11th of March. Mm. Perhaps we should just touch on that. Yeah. What's happening on that well, day? Part of the campaign, um, TWU is going to ho- uh, host an open day on the 11th of March. Mm-hmm. And it's a really um, good opportunity for the workshops to display their, their programs and yes. for anybody who's interested to come and, and see the, the programs. And um, yeah, the, it will take place in Athlone, um, one in Mitchell's Plain, one in Retreat. And um, all on the same day? All on the same all day. Right. Okay. Um, the information is on our website mm-hmm. if people want to go and check that out and see what time and um, you know where would be the best for them to go because it is in different areas of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And our website is www.capementalhealth.co.za. Okay. I am, I have time, you know, when we conclude our discussion, I will be sharing and, and you can guide me if I'm able to, um, for people, if they're interested in attending of these work of the, the open day, um, there are different numbers in, at the different venues. Mm. Do I give those numbers or would it be best to still just to give the Cape Mental Health, um, number? Yeah, rather just, um, Cape Mental Health. Cape and Mental Health. Yeah, we can direct them and we can put them into contact. Okay, fine. Well, that's great. Chanel, I want to say thank you very much for having been a part of my program. It was great and I think the information is important. Again, we want to reiterate that on the 11th of March, there will be this open day where you can find out more about the different projects being offered by the Cape Mental Health. I was speaking with Chanel Albertain, who is the PR and Communications Manager of Cape Mental Health. Thank you so much and good evening. Thank you so much. And thank you for supporting Cape Mental Health and having us on your show. It is my pleasure and you're welcome. And for now, we're going to be having news. And I think we're a little bit early for that. For now, we'll be having ads and then we'll come back. We'll have the news later. Stay with us. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and you tune to the Shahida Kali show and it is just great to be here and outside. It's a little bit colder and it's windy and it falls with the stilte for the storm wat brui and I'm thinking we might have some thunder. They're saying lots of wind tomorrow so the arme mense wat morgen hospital toe gaan, grote skeer hospital toe fooi toch. Jylle moet maar jylle doekies en jylle skirtjies en jylle hoede vasthou because you're going to be blowing away because they were saying it, you know, we're really going to have some strong wind. In the meantime, I'm chatting with you and I know that there are SMS 
SMSs that had come through, and I will attend to those. But of course, we will attend to it after the uh, 10 o'clock news. My genade, ek doch to sommer is 10 hier, and let ons nou nou die nies gaan vat, maar ons is nog een bykie vroeg. Ons stap nog, ons is nog op pad na onze 10 hier nies bulletin wat ons gaan uitsaai. So just to reiterate, the Cape Mental Health is an organization and, and they're doing stunning work. They have such amazing projects that I feel our people need to know what they're offering to people with barriers to learning or people with intellectual disability. And you've heard, notwithstanding the um, the severity of the intellectual disability, so it can be someone who's even severely, um, you know, intellectually disabled, can also find meaningful interaction through the the projects that the Cape Mental Health um, is offering. There's this wonderful opportunity that they're putting together now, which is a bridging course, so that when school leavers leave school, they can then have this post-schools qualification that will enable them to then be admitted into or accepted into an FET college, etc. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Long overdue. I'm so excited about it. Now, if you want to know more about it, then you can contact the Cape Mental Health on their landline number, and that is 021-447-447. 9040. That's 021-447-9040. Or you can, you can email them at the email address info at cmh.org.za. That's info at Their website that can tell you a lot more about the projects that are being offered by them is www.capementalhealthoneword.co.za. That's www.capementalhealth.co.za. A huge and important reminder of the open day that is happening on the 11th of March. You need to be a part of it. You need to go and check out all the wonderful projects that they are presenting. And so it's happening in the Athlone area. There will be one on the same day in the Mitchell's Plain area one in retreat and one in Kailicha. So it is so important that you contact the Cape Mental Health and you can find out more about exactly where the workshops are taking place. I, um, you know, don't want to share some of the... I have some of the um, addresses, but I'm not exactly sure whether the whether the open day will be hosted at these venues so it's better for you to rather phone the number that i've um, shared with you and you can find out where will be the workshop presented closest to your home this happens on the 11th of march because march is intellectual disability awareness month i'm grateful that there is such an awareness that is being done around intellectual disability and barriers to learning. It's long overdue and we really, really need to have this and speak more about it. It, it, Intellectual disability is so stigmatized and barriers to learning is so stigmatized and even stigmatized by the people who hold it. It's like I'm different and when I'm different it feels sore and it's up to us as a society that we need to take responsibility and say this is not not fair 
every human being should be respected and regarded and appreciated and loved as the creator who'd want them to be because it's all of us are the creation of the creator and therefore we all have the same rights to be the best we can be the best opportunities for us in this case we're talking particularly about education but we know when you go to the open day you will be able to access information about projects and employment projects placement projects training projects i mean it the cape mental health has a huge um variety of different um, approaches that then and and aspects of a person with intellectual disabilities life that they are responding to positively for now we have to take commercial news and when we come back we will play a beautiful casida for you so enjoy welcome back i'm shahida kali and we into the shahida kali show and it's amperkis amperkis that for the news so here, just for you to know that after 10 o'clock, we have the program VOC SOS Helpline with Shahida Kali. And of course, in that program, I will respond to you as a registered clinical psychologist. Tonight, we focused on Cape Mental Health's project, which is a bridging course for people, school leavers who exit matric high school and um, people with disabilities or intellectual intellectual disabilities and also barriers to learning often find it very difficult to um, enter a FET college or a university or so and what the Cape Mental Health um, is now doing is they are working on this project which will be a bridging course it is a post-school qualification that will in, um, enable you to then enter an FET college. Really stunning stuff that's happening in that um, in the world of intellectual disability and barriers to learning. Well, it's now time for the news at ten. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Good evening, Khianand Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to this part of the program. It's called VOC SOS Helpline with Shahida Kali. And of course, in this program, as I said earlier on, I will respond to you in my capacity as a registered clinical psychologist. So, of course, this program then means that. We are inviting you to be a part of it if you're having difficulties of any sort. You know, even if we, if it is not within the mental health domain, but we can guide you, we can show you in the right direction, we can share thoughts with you. Of course, that would be our pleasure and you're welcome. So also particular to people who are feeling out of sorts, and I can go through a multitude of different feelings like 
people will say i feel overwhelmed i feel out of it i feel like i can't anymore i feel like i've had enough i'm at the end of my tether it feels like i'm losing control i'm at breaking point i can scream i feel anxious sad angry irritated agitated suicidal depressed unhappy you know really not in a lack of space you know then you're welcome to phone us you're welcome to chat with us and our sms line the number number is 41913 and you type in your message and you send it to us and we will get it here in the studio it can be comments 47913 what did i say oh my word oh my word it's 47913 i was just corrected 47913 you can also phone me on the number 021 4423530 of course you will know that you'll be live on the air and therefore we want to protect your identity not to say any names and not even your own name because often we are speaking about things that are that would be better to be treated confidentially so that's the nature of our program i have received sms's we're going to be attending to them um i would want to say to amin badrudin who says to me I like your theme music more than you do. Well, it seems as if the two of us are in competition, isn't it? Well, I like mine and I like both. I like my intro in the first program, part of the program as well as the second one. I'm glad that you like it too so we can share the liking of the theme music. So yeah, for now let's have a beautiful casida. When we come back, we will attend to these SMSs that I'd received. So stay with us and enjoy. Welcome back and if you have just tuned in assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening i have received some smss and some of them were a little bit um uh, received a little bit earlier and um the reference is made to a 19 year old daughter who now stays with this family so it's a family with a stepchild um and this child has been staying with this family dad and and uh, dad's wife for the past 2 years and the her, now the message says that the young person's mom is bad mouthing them and one would want to say i'm really sorry to hear about your difficulty because it is rather complex you know when it is the mother of the biological mother of this child or this young adult who's staying with you i think very importantly is to hold the child's heart not to afford blame to the child for the doing of the child's biological mother that's immediately what comes to mind but also how you and your husband will deal with it with respect and regard to everyone's feelings and the young person's feeling but particularly your feelings as well so one of the th- things that sometimes happens is 
the feelings are trivialized. It's made to feel like, oh, you know, she didn't quite mean it this way or that way. So it's like the message is don't make more of it than it really is. And what one wants to say is each one's feelings must be acknowledged. You, you know, one should say when she speaks about you, I'm sure it will be sore. And one is really sorry that that is happening in your life. And and then, you know, to hold your heart because it's not liquor when someone is speaking of you. And then, then the other side would be to hold the heart of this young adult because imagine the burden that she carries when her biological mother speaks about her father's wife that she will almost find herself in the middle of these two ladies and it's a very unfair place to to put a child a child has a right that adults do not do that with them and you know what one really wants to say hold her heart you know in in the palm of your hands very gently the more you do goodness to this young adult the more you actually um, taking away the sting of that which the biological mother could be saying. And even if one wants to say to the child, you know, because one has to be careful not to badmouth her mother as well, but to say sometimes in these circumstances, adults struggle with the way they behave and the things that they do and say and sometimes it's not the better and sometimes it's not very helpful instead of saying your mother is doing that to rather say adults sometimes struggle how can we help what what can be done to make it better for the child for your husband and for you how can this be dealt with in a way that one can have a good outcome? I mean, really, if I would imagine you might have tried to attend to the fact that the biological mom is saying things and to try and stop it. I think sometimes it is almost better left unattended, you know, unresponded to, that you concentrate on your relationship with this child and nurture it and that will be the best sense of goodness that you will extend in response to whatever it is the biological mother could be saying um you know and i'm hoping that that you know would have helped you again i would want to encourage if it is ongoing if it is very very difficult if you feel you need help seek help seek help from a counselor a therapist perhaps a good place to look at would be famsa because FAMSA focuses on step families, so they have lots of experience in that um, area. FAMSA's number you can find in the book, the telephone directory. You can also find FAMSA by phoning 1023, and they will give you the, the number that you have to phone. When you phone that number, it's the observatory number, they will give you the number of a branch of FAMSA closest to you or they will set up an appointment for you because I think they have a central line that you phone to set up appointments and really I wish you the best inshallah you know there's the saying when someone does bad to you treat them with goodness that is how you respond it is such a time of sabr and one understands that to have sabr isn't always easy it takes a lot of courage to have sabr and I really wish you well I wish you the best Insha'Allah. 
Then there is, you know, an SMS that I'd received that really is so sore. This person is saying, my parents treat me badly. They badmouth me to others, even to strangers. They never have a good thing to say of me. Um, it seems as if they're jealous of my relationship with my partner and they begrudge my achievements and so on. So it really sounds like a very, very sad child in relation to the parents. I firstly would want to say it's never, never easy to be in this situation and I'm so sorry to hear about your sadness because we are constantly taught to be good with our parents and so in in a way it kind of immediately brings up the issue of now am I allowed to say something to my parents about the matter and sometimes adult children will decide some adult children will say it isn't going to have a good outcome. I must rather let it go and learn to cope with it. Other children will say, well, I do have parents. If I do approach them, maybe they will think about it. And so it depends on your circumstances and, and what you think the outcome will be should you decide to perhaps speak with them. When you do speak with them, of course, you know, it goes without saying that it has to be in a very respectful way way and sometimes you know to to express how you feel is easier than to express outright blame um perhaps and then you can choose which of the two parents will be the easier to approach sometimes perhaps to ask a sibling to approach them so you might ask a sister or a brother with whom they're very close to speak with your sister or your brother and ask could they speak with mommy and daddy and, and say to them that they are really hurting your heart very much by what they're doing? I think this is such an important um, issue here because, you know, it's important for parents to to get to hear the feelings of a child when you go around and you badmouth your child. You know, it hurts the child. If the child is doing something that isn't right, approach the child in goodness and say, my child, when you do this, that and the other, it hurts me. Or my child, I would like from you. These are my expectations of you. I'd like you to do this for me or take me there or give me this or share with me or take some responsibility away from me. Speak with a child in goodness. It is not helpful to discuss children or parents with other people. You know, it, and when parents and children hear about it, it causes such a lot of pain that, you know, you're not succeeding in achieving anything when you do that. Sometimes there are times when you have to let it go so as it is because sometimes you have parents when when you speak with them it's likely they will not change it's likely they will be on the defensive and they'll be very angry with you so speak kindly to them continue to do good for them never stop that be gentle with them if you ever have the opportunity that doesn't speak perhaps about you and them, but let's say in conversation you're able to say, you know, mommy and daddy, it hurts me badly when 
when I hear that I'm being discussed um, with others, when others discuss me, um, perhaps you're able to do something like that, but you will decide that. But at the end of the day, what is sometimes the decision of the adult child is I have to learn to manage it because it is not something I can approach my parents um, with. In such a case, it's helpful to label your parents as struggling parents by Allah. And so when you look at them, you're able still to look at them with eyes of mercy. You know, my parents, they struggle with um, being insightful and and they struggle with what they speak about to others. It's really a difficulty of theirs. And I make dua that Allah will help them to gain insight and judgment and wisdom that they will not continue to do the things that are hurtful to others when they speak about me and others. So you look upon them with mercy as as human beings who are struggling with a part of themselves. So that's one of the options that, that adult children often take. I would want to encourage you to make dua and to ask Allah for guidance for yourself, for all of us, for your parents, that Allah must guide us, that we must we must really be careful with our mouths and what we say and how we judge and how we are extend, you know, a wrath and ugliness. We are instructed to do good, to speak good, to feel good, to extend goodness unto others. And may Allah make it easier on us, inshallah. I continue with my SMSs and I go to one that says um, to my mom, Auntie Dila, oh, well, this is a, a message. Well, let me read it. May Allah grant you a long spiritual life from your son, Uthman Khan, and let your leg get better making dua for you. I had to read that message. It comes from a son of mine that loves his mom very much. I go on to another SMS that says, I have um, a daughter who has schizophrenia and she is an adult daughter. She's sometimes very nice, but most times I walk on eggshells. She screams at me, swears ugly at me, and hit me. I'm old. Before her illness 15 years ago, she was a good daughter. Where can I send her beside a state hospital? I love her, but I'm scared of being attacked verbally and physically. I'm so grateful for your SMSs, and I want to say shukran that you reached out and and that you messaged me because the place that we had the discussion with earlier on this evening is the perfect place for you to to be in touch with. Cape Mental Health is a society, is an institution where they work with support structures for people, families, carers who have family or have schizophrenia. So I'm going to give you the number you grab a pen and paper so that you can jot it down, you contact them, ask for an, op- uh, an appointment, go and see one of the therapists, the counselors, the social workers at Cape Mental Health and let them guide you and advise you in the best of way. Um, they're, because they're different 
um, opportunities for your daughter, for yourself that you can, you know, really get help from. The number, I'm hoping by this time that you have a pen and a paper ready. The number is 021-447-9040. And that is the number of Cape Mental Health. They have different programs and I know that they have programs or projects or, or support groups for carers of people with schizophrenia. And they'll give you lots of information on how to manage the situation. I understand that. And, and really, I want to say, I'm, my, the question that comes up to me is, is she taking her medication? Is she on medication? Is she taking the medication? When last has she seen a psychiatrist to have her assessed? Because if she has, sometimes people are on medication for years and years and years and it never gets assessed, reassessed. If it has been longer than six months, it's a good, but even now, if she's, she is agitated, she is not coping well, take her back to where she was diagnosed and is receiving treatment. For example, is it Hrutiski Hospital, is it Falkenberg, is it Lentegeer, is it Stuckland Hospital, take her back so that she can see a psychiatrist, so that they can look at the medication. It could be that she needs a medication change or that they need to alter her da- her her dosage of the medication because the medication or, or she is experiencing um, anger, frustration, um, agitation and it can be managed. A critically important point is that she must take her medication as prescribed. So because that makes people cope better with their daily living. It makes them cope better with the interaction with you. But I'd strongly recommend that you have therapy for yourself and and get in touch with the Cape Mental Health because they have guidelines and educational programs for carers of people who have schizophrenia because how you interact with her is going to be critically important also in terms of the way in which she is responding. One has to do a proper assessment to find out why she is responding the way she does and what would be a good way for you to handle her. And therefore, it is good to have a little bit of therapy. It's called psycho, psychosocial education, psychoeducation. It educates you in terms of how to manage the situation. Inshallah, I hope I've been some help for you. I have another SMS that says, my name, my, alaikum, my name is Zainura. I would just like to know. Okay, I I think this SMS was directed at the program before us, um, and my thoughts are you could contact the VOC tomorrow, ask them the details of the guests on the Education in Daba program, and also um, you know just to get information about the bursaries. I would like just like to know if the bursaries offered are only for students who finished matric. Um, I think 
if this is particularly pertaining to the discussion that that happened in the program before me. Now, I'm going to respond if it wasn't. If you're wanting to know if their bursary is offered for courses that you would like to apply. If you would like if if you don't have matric and you're over the age of twenty four, you could enter a university with an age exemption and then you become a part of their lifelong lifelong learning program. UWC is one of those universities that offer courses, you know, and degrees for people who enter the university with age exemption and become part of the lifelong learning program. Those people have financial assistance as well. So it is good to contact the University of the Western Cape, find out about their lifelong learning program and bursaries that are offered to adult um, students and adults who enter the university who are older than 24. So there are of our people who could even have a master's and PhD and could be a professor and do not have matric. So if you're over this a certain age, it is recognized that you have had the experience that allows you to enter a university or place of learning. I don't know specific to the program that was before me whether they would do that. So you would have to contact VOC then, get the program uh, person's information, the guest or even the presenter, and then you can get the uh, number of the institution and then contact them directly to ask your question of them. For now, I think we would, you know, firstly have commercial news and then we will take a beautiful Cosida while you're sending me your SMSs. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كل نفس ذائقة Because it's time for me to share sad news with you. Fatima Hessen has passed on. Nee Adams, formerly of Mannenberg, she lived at 45 Rotterdam Street in Monte Vista. The time of the janaza is tomorrow, Monday the 2nd, at 10 o'clock in the morning. The masjid is Panorama Masjid and the Kabristan is Mowbray Kabristan. The person to contact for more information is Fuad, and I'm going to share two cell phone numbers for him. It's 082-57-000-76. That's 082-57-000-76. Or 082-47-000-76. Seven eight oh eight two four seven triple four seven eight to speak with Fuad in regard to the passing on of Fatima Hessen, Nee Adams, formerly of Mannenberg. She lived at forty five Rotterdam Street in Monte Vista. 
The time of the Janaza is 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. The Masjid is Panorama. The, the, the Kabristan is Mowbray. And the person to contact is Fuad. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, The Voice of the Cape. Listen up, Skapstad. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop chop shop, the Lamborghini of all meat markets, the Bifana Bifana of butchers, make no mistake. For the best quality and the best price in Grassy Park, Steenburg, Blue Downs and Athlone, there's only one place where you'll get the perfect meaty steak. Busy Corner Meat Hyper Stores. So don't be a chop man. Make a bull run down to Busy Corner Meat Hyper Stores where people meet. If you have a question about Islam boggling your mind, get a detailed answer every Saturday between 6 and 7 p.m. on Question and Answer Forum with Sheikh Ibrahim Wurs. Unlocking your questions on Question and Answer Forum every Saturday between 6 and 7 p.m. only on VOC 91.3. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and you tune to the program VOC SOS Helpline with Shahida Kali. Now I've received an SMS earlier on from 0099. Um, Zainura, I have the information for you if you wanted to um, know the information about the person who was on the air earlier. You wanted to know if bursaries are being offered by uh, for students who and, and, and the details thereof. Okay, I'm going to to give you the information it is Junaid Daris I'm hoping that you're grabbing a pen um, and a paper um, and the contact number is 021-637-6066 that's um, Junaid Daris and you speak with him on 021-637-6066 and um, cell phone number 084 Four six five six two six two oh eight four four six five six two six two or oh two one six three seven six oh double six and you speak with Junaid Daris. That is the information that Zainura requested from us earlier on in an SMS and her cell phone number ends on 0099. Then I go to the other um, SMSs that I've received. Um, the There's an SMS that says, for the last two weeks I've been very depressed and I can't control myself. It happens sometimes at night or in the day. Um, and Firstly, I would want to say I'm really, really sorry about your depressed state. And it seems as if it's really bad and it feels like you're losing control um, over the sadness. Immediately, my thoughts would be, please go and get help tomorrow morning. Go to your, cl- your closest clinic to you. 
and speak with a psychiatric nurse. If you feel you're out of control and you need help right now, you have to get someone to take you to the closest hospital. You go to the closest hospital or trauma center and you tell them that you're feeling completely out of control and the norm would be they'll attend to you, they'll give you an injection, they'll try and contain you depending on how you're presenting. If you're really out of control and and crying and, you know, really need containment, they'll do that immediately. I want for you to hear me say this to you. Right now, you tell yourself, I am in a bad way, but Allah will be here to contain me. Allah will hold me now while I am struggling. So you put yourself, your arms around you, and you put yourself in Allah's arms, and you let Allah help you to calm down. You know, when you're so sad, inshallah, it will get better. But the first step would be that you need a little bit of help. So it's important that you get someone, a loved one, to take you either right now to the closest hospital or tomorrow to the closest clinic. And you speak with the psychiatric nurse. They will then do a proper and full assessment of you so that should you be hospitalized or would you need medication, they will have to do a complete full workup of you so that they know, don't you have perhaps other illnesses or are you on other medication so that they can look at all of those factors when they look at what, how best to intervene, how best to treat you at this time. But take back your control. You stop the out of control feeling right now and you tell yourself by Allah, I will take back control. I'll is my heart hoosier. I'll break my heart in a million stickies. But I cannot lose control because Allah does not want that of me. I'm going to hold on to the mercy of Allah and the hope of Allah that I will be in control. And even if you're crying bitterly, but you can still tell yourself, will yourself, to be in control of you. I'm not going to lose myself. I cannot do that. I can be sad and I can be anxious and I can be distressed, but I'm not out of control. Speak with someone of your family, please contact someone, ask them. And if it's if you're able to wait until tomorrow, then you do, depending on how you feel. And sometimes it's good at this time when you're crying, you're holding, hold yourself and you just recite very softly. Even if you just say Allah, 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 so that you calm yourself and the sadness will become more controlled. Even if you say Subhanallah, even if you recite La ilaha illa anta Subhanaka inni kuntu minadhalimeen You know, depression is a very, very deeply sad, dark place to be. And if you think of the Prophet 
um, Eunice when he was in the belly of the whale and it was so dark and he felt it could never be better and no one could save him no one will be able to hear him that it seemed impossible and he turned to Allah and he said La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadh-dhalimin and Allah helped him and the whale spit him out Allah helped him and Allah says in the verse of the Quran Surah Al-Anbiya Allah says there to us remember the words of Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wassalam when he said la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadh-dhalimin and then Allah says and I helped him we helped him and restored him to what he was asking for and so I will help those who serve me Allah promises when we recite that Allah will help us and Allah is an Allah of truth hold on to Allah's hand hold on to Allah's hand of mercy and hope inshallah and remember you are taking control back right now so then tomorrow inshallah go to a clinic or tonight have someone take you to a hospital inshallah may Allah make it easier on you inshallah ameen and I think that concludes my program I have to share information about me and that is that I'm in private practice as a registered clinical psychologist in the Goodwood area under the name Shahida Abrahams and my contact numbers are 021 592 0563021592 and cell phone number is 0832334769 0832334769 those numbers to be phoned during office hours please from Isha Hidakali I wish you well I wish you all the best inshallah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa